if you and I and others would put forth the effort, if we would be diligent, if we would work, God will always find us. We are often consumed with what is the will of God? How can I find the will of God? God will find you. If you will give yourself to work, if you would give yourself to service, if you would give yourself to prayer, if you would give yourself to the word, if you would give yourself to effort, if you will do those things, God finds you. Welcome to the Hacka Podcast. My name is Greg Hackathorn. I hope you all are doing well. Today we are blessed to be joined on the podcast by Jonathan Quinones. Jonathan Quinones is the assistant pastor of Revival Center. That's an amazing church in Modesto, California. You can follow them on social media, and we talk about that a bit in this episode. He's served at that church for a number of years as the youth pastor, all of 12 years, and has spoken multiple times at North American Youth Congress in the United States. He is a passionate communicator of the gospel and is forward-thinking in his approach to communicate that gospel to the whole world. I had a blast talking to him, probably because we think similarly on a number of issues involving church work, and I know you will enjoy his unique insight. Let's get into the conversation. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. Thank you so much, bro. It's an honor to be able to reconnect with you. Um, being able to meet you, bro, just a couple years ago there in Sydney was a treat. It was a pleasure being able to connect with you and uh, your church, wonderful people. And I really appreciate the time that you would allow me to be with you, man. Oh, we were so grateful to have you at our Uprising Conference. Uh, funnily enough, it was our last a major youth event that we've been able to have uh, it's oh, crazy wow. <laughs> man yeah it's been over what two years now since you were i think yep. you were in may 2019 two yeah two years yeah we haven't uh we haven't been able to have like a, a proper event you know because of border closures and all that and then uh our poor youth pastor brother brother greg he's been trying to get a youth camp to, together he's the youth president in australia as well yeah yeah and he's trying to get this uh these youth camps together and you know, with all what's going on over here in Australia, like every other day, national youth is having to cancel another uh, camp. So, oh, but man, I'm so to hear that. Yeah, but it, it, you know, it's all right. We're uh, we're we're working through it. So, but we're blessed to have you, and uh, and have you on the podcast, and get to know you a bit more. We we were blessed by your ministry, but we'd like to get you to know you uh, more as a person. I appreciate that, Greg. I really do. And uh, I want to say this just before I get into that is thank you for doing what you're doing, bro, with your podcast and putting that out and on social media. And I follow you. I get your emails as well. And the time that you're taking to make an impact and be an encouragement and a strength to other believers. I just want to say thank you, man. I think that's phenomenal. And the time that's spent, I know that's hours that is spent and time that is given that nobody else recognizes and sees uh, because it's you all by yourself making it happen. But I want to say thank you because I know as time comes and I know you're probably already receiving it, but you'll get reports and emails and you're going to get feedback of how encouraging you've been to other people. And so thank you for doing that, bro. Thank you so much. And um, just a little bit about myself. So yeah, I was actually 
I'm, I live in California, but I was born in McAllen, Texas. Okay. So uh, September 30th, 1986. Makes me feel old when I say it out loud. <laughs> I'm 34 years old now. And every time you say it out loud, it definitely makes you feel older. Um, but I was I was born in Texas, but raised um, in, in California from you know very young age, like even just before my first birthday. Um, my mother moved me out, moved us out here um, to California. And just for the most part, it was raised raised in church, started attending church. My parents started attending church uh, when I was nine years old. And it was it was about 35 to 40 minutes from Modesto, from where we lived. And the reason why is my parents were just starting to go to church and they wanted to go where they had a family. And so that's why we were going there. Yet we lived here in Modesto all those years. And I finally started going to church here in Modesto, Revival Center, uh, United Pentecostal Church at 12 years of age. And I started attending there, even though we had lived here for the majority of my life. Um, I didn't start till 12 years old and uh, just really connected with the church there. As you know, as a young person, you just get uh, right involved with kids and used to go to youth camps and play basketball and, and sports and hang out. And so being able to transition to this church, I remember, I remember my first day walking in there so nervous. It was a bigger <laughs> church, you know, you know, sometimes when you see big buildings, you think of this massive church and you don't know how, you know, you're going to connect. And I used to, I remember when you would take that turn uh, onto 7th Street, I used to get butterflies just as a young kid. Like, am I going to fit in? Am I going to make friends? Oh, and yeah, all the, all sure. the up. And uh, at, at 12 years old. And uh, once once we got there, I, I've been been there ever since. So from 12 years old and my parents were always even in, in the church before they were always uh, running and in charge of Sunday school. They were always doing bus routes. So my Saturdays were cleaning the church and visitation. Yeah. You know, we'd go out doing outreach, getting the routes ready for the kids and who we're going to pick up and who we're going to get first, who's going to get last, all of that. And then cleaning the church. That that was that was a normal Saturday. That That's what it was. You wake up and you're going to get something to eat really quick and make sure your chores are done. And you're going to go to outreach visitation all day. And then you're going to go and clean the church. And that was, that was uh, just how I was raised, man. And so I'm thankful for it now when I, yeah. when I look back, but in the moments oh, yeah. of it, I, I can remember like, here I am vacuuming in this, you know, the church is kind of scary, especially when you're young, it's still scary when you're by yourself, you know, true, so true. you're there and you're vacuuming an old, back Sunday school room and you're hearing doors creaking and things like that, you know, and you're cleaning bathrooms and you're, you know, just a young kid, nine, 10, 11 years old. And like, man, all these other kids are in, in your mind, all these other kids are leaving a dream life. And I'm over here scrubbing toilets and, and cleaning up, but I'm grateful for the work ethic. I'm grateful for the upbringing um, because it's definitely helped me along the way. And that being kind of a foundation, if you would, at such a young age of, um, this is what it's about. It's about serving God. It's right. about honoring God with your time. It's not just about Sunday. It's not just about Wednesday midweek or whenever your midweek is. It, it's about giving God your life and your time. And and I'm I'm grateful for that. And so we came and uh, started attending Modesto at 12 and just jumped right in, serving, serving, serving. And uh, I just I only knew what to do by following my parents' example. And right. so if it was serving, then that, that's what I was doing. So that's, that's how it started. I, I just, 
as far as youth ministry and ministry, it was just, I would get there early. I would stack chairs. I would vacuum the chapel and I would set up the chairs and I'd get up early or get there early and get dropped off. I'd get picked up late because I was cleaning up or doing an event. And I never wanted ministry. I never sought ministry. I never, you know, wanted that. And I can remember so many times, some of the older kids, older kids, I mean, they were young adults coming to me when I was 14 years old. I remember vividly and they'd be like, man, you're going to be the next youth pastor. And that just like shocking me, you know what I mean? Scaring me like, oh my goodness, what, what do you, what do you mean? Yeah, you can see it all over you. You're going to be the next youth pastor. And I'm like, oh no way. I'm 14 years old. Why, why are you even telling me this? You know, that, that makes zero sense. Why would you do that? But as, as time would unfold, though, it wasn't what I was looking for, though, it wasn't what I was searching. I was just working and doing what I could going to school, being regular and that availability just continue to open doors. Mm. And so it was never sought after. It was just necessary. So, and what I mean by that is like, Hey, we need somebody to help set up chairs. I'll do it. We need somebody to help, you know, pick up the trash. I'll do it. And just doing that ended up opening the doors. So at 18 and 19, when it was time for a transition for our youth pastor, when he was making the transition for his life, here I am at 18 and 19, which is extremely young, stepping into the lead youth pastor role. And, you know, now it's like, oh my goodness, you know, they, they told me this at 14. I didn't believe them, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and here it was 18 turning 19 and taking on the responsibility of a youth pastor and just, just going all in. It, it was, it was, um, it was never something that, you know, I looked for or wanted. It was just something that took place because I made myself available, work hard, be diligent, make sure you're all about people. And, and that's how it happened. And now when I look back, you know, I was a youth pastor for 12 years um, there at Revival Center. I served on our district team for about 10 years, a couple of years after I had um, transitioned from youth ministry. And now I'm the administrative pastor um, at Revival Center, or associate pastor, or assistant pastor, or janitorial <laughs> pastor, or um, <laughs> whatever, whatever you gopher, want to put on there. The gopher guy. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to put on there. And you know how that is. You know oh, how yeah. that works. And, and, and anyone that's in church work understands that. And that's why I joke about it, because um, we all have a role, and roles are necessary. And, uh, you know, it's important that roles are identified and, and shared and communicated. But at the same time, we all know it doesn't matter what role you're given, you're going to be given roles, exactly. <laughs> plural. <Yeah. laughs> and you just you just put whatever hat is necessary. Exactly. Man, that's so cool. So uh, you basically, you grew up in the church that you're now the assistant pastor at Rob Bible Center. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. From 12, yeah, 12 on. And like I said, you say it out loud, it makes you feel old but 34 now. So it's been, it's been a few years and and I'm grateful. And now, you know, I have my, I, I get to raise my family in the same church that I was, you know, raised up in and my wife, Ashley, and we have three boys, Brayden, seven, Gavin, who's four, and then Easton, who's seven months. And uh, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that God would allow us to be able to serve in the, in the same place that served me Mm. as a young man. Yeah, that's so cool. There's something powerful about that. When, when a church invests into a young person and then that young person is now has the ability to invest back into the church, you know, you're investing it, it, It's I'm sure you've probably thought about it, but as the assistant pastor, when you're ministering on a Sunday, you're ministering to people that probably ministered to you when you were a young person that helped you exactly. out, you know, and, and now you're able to, uh, you know, 
pay that forward, you know, pay that back and, and minister yeah. back into your life. So cool. You're, you're so right. And you know, what's unique about that. What I'm grateful for is throughout, throughout the years of navigating through and, and by no means was I perfect, but having the opportunity to look back and be able to say, okay, because I kept my peace, because I had discretion by God's favor and God gave me wisdom in certain situations growing up throughout my life, mm -hmm. it wasn't difficult for people to receive me in the role where I would be ministering to them. Right. And for, for and, and I say that because for anyone that's listening, that's young, it's important that you respect the season of life that you are in and also the season of life of those that you are dealing with, hmm. whether it's at career, education, ministry, people in your life right now may not need anything from you. They may not do anything for you. That doesn't mean you treat them any differently. You operate with the grace that God has given you with the same mercy that God has extended you. And it will always come full circle. Mm -hmm. It's it's the word of God. You will reap what you sow right. and you will have you'll have the opportunity in time. There's going to be time whether you need something from someone or you are trying to give something to someone. You're going to be grateful that you had the right attitude, that you had the right mindset, that you had the right spirit in other situations where maybe you weren't the leader, where maybe you weren't the one in charge. And those things will always come full circle. Hmm. Amen. I was uh, laughing a bit when you were talking about uh, how you were growing up because it reminds me so much of how how I grew up. My parents were involved in ministry and and bus routes <laughs> and evangelism yeah. and just always being about the house of God, serving and doing whatever you can. And you know sometimes those things are caught, uh, and and sometimes uh, you know p people are called out and so on. But um, you know you're active in ministry. You're, you're a minister of the gospel. So I'm just wondering, when did you feel that call to ministry? Was this something that was gradual and you just gravitated towards ministry? Or did you have like a, a moment where you really felt called by God to ministry? You know, I mentioned where people would tell me when I was 14, that, hey, you're going to be the next youth pastor. And it wasn't those conversations that were the call. But I do remember being 14 and feeling the tug mm. of there's something different and having a desire. And I was still, you know, going to school, being normal, but there was still a tug and a desire that, Hey, I, I have, I have you go in a different direction. It's not going to be popular. It's not always going to be what you want. It's not always going to be what you're thinking or what you're not thinking because I didn't want ministry. It wasn't something I said, man, I want to be a preacher. That was never my goal. I never looked at it and said, Hey, that's, that's what I, that's what I want to do. Um, it, it, it wasn't that way, but it was at 14 years old that I remember feeling those tugs in, in, in prayer and feeling those tugs. And I would consecrate my, myself to God. I remember uh, specifically summer breaks in between those middle school to high school years. And uh, if I wasn't working with my dad um, or, or working, you know, little jobs here and there, I, I remember in the mornings just spending time with God laying on the floor and just talking to God. And I remember feeling that call and not exactly sure what it was going to be, not exactly sure where, where I was going to go, what was I going to do, but I, I remember feeling that call to ministry from 14 on, and it would just, um, it wasn't like every Sunday, it, it wasn't an audible voice, but it was just that, that, that gentle tug, if you would, that, hey, there's, there's going to be some, there's going to be some things that you're not going to understand, there's going to be some things, direction I'm leading to you when, 
when you see other people doing other things, you're going to feel you're, you're, you're going to feel different about those things. And I'm going to, I'm going to do that because I'm keeping you from something. And, and I just remember those, those feelings and, and those, those encounters, if you would, with God growing up. Mm-hmm. And so you, were you always quite serious as a, as a young person? I know you, you probably I, had your I, good times and all that, but um, were, were oh, you a hundred percent. I am, I am like, uh, for those, for those that get around me would know, I, I love to joke. Yeah, I love, yeah. yeah, just you, God has given you and I and everybody else, our own personality. And so accepting the call of God on your life does not mean you don't smile. It does not mean that that you can't eat. It does not mean that you can't hang out with people. It does not mean that it does not mean that you can't be yourself. That sometimes people say, man, I'm I'm accepting the call of God. So I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm just going (laughs) to shut in. Well, here's the deal. God, God doesn't just call you just so you spend time with him. God calls you so you can make an impact and a difference in other people's lives. And if you're just shut in and you don't know how to communicate and you you can't carry a conversation, you you aren't friendly. You know what I mean? Right. You can't be so spiritual. You're not friendly. You know what I mean? You mm-hmm. and you get around some. And sometimes this is one of those things. As as a, a young man or young people that may struggle with them, like, man, I feel the call of God. I'm answering the call of God. And so I'm not going to talk to nobody. I'm going to fast every meal. Don't talk to me. I don't want to be around you. Like, bro, chill, chill. God, God has called you. God is going to prepare you. God is going to do things in your life, but he's also, he's made you. So right. your personality and your, the, 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 the way that you are, those are things that he wants to utilize. God's partnering with you. So don't, don't all of a sudden change and like, mm-hmm. Hey, you know, uh, all I'm going to speak in is, is Hebrew. Like you don't know Hebrew. You know what I mean? Like just be who you are, learn Hebrew. If you want, learn how to preach, learn, learn how to learn how to study, learn, learn those things, apply those things. But that does not mean that you're not yourself. And so all, all growing up, I was still very involved in sports, still very involved with other people, always communicating and uh, enjoyed, uh, you know, socializing and just, that's my personality. Right. And so um, to me, I, I, I'm just, and of course, you know, every young person is different. If they're listening, every person is different, but be very, very careful about when you're saying hey, I'm accepting the call of God in my life, that you're, you're not making the attempt to simply change who you are, your personality, your outlook, everything. You, you'd be disciplined. You'd be submitted to God, to the man of God in your life, uh, to your leaders. But just just be wise in that god isn't calling you to shut everybody out if that right. makes sense oh yeah for sure and and there's a difference between being serious about the call of god and then being someone who's unapproachable or someone who's so serious and so deep that um you know people can't really connect with you because obviously you became a, a youth pastor at 19 no one makes someone a youth pastor who well at least no no smart pastor no wise pastor is going to make someone uh-huh. a, a youth pastor who can't connect with young people right and so obviously there was that balance between uh, at 19 you could connect with young people but you also had a a um what more experienced head on your shoulders and 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 you're you're exactly right with what you're saying there's a difference and definitely you take the the call of god serious you know you definitely do and because it matters there's going to be certain disciplines you you apply, there's going to be certain boundaries that you apply. There's going to be things that, that you put into place because you take it serious. But at the same time, it's not that you're, you're going to be viewed as so serious that 
as you mentioned, you're unapproachable and you can't connect with anybody. And that that's just not the way it works. God is partnering with you the way that you are. He'll make the changes. You're going to grow. Uh, you're going to develop. But he's doing that so that you can have an impact in somebody else's life. Right. And we've already been touching on it a bit, but I wanted to see if, if you wanted to hone in on on something in particular. Um, what advice would you give a young person who feels the call to ministry, who's feeling a call? What what about you've kind of touched on it a bit, a, a few things here sure. and there. But if there's more specific yeah. advice that you would give. Yeah, the the most important thing, and I may even end a little bit with this too, just to touch it again in, in, in the end for those that come on a little bit later. But the, the number the number one thing you have you have to develop a work ethic and get involved with that work ethic. We are all given to something at a young age. Some are given to sports. Some are given to games. Some are given to, to academics. Some are given to, to, to reading. Like we are all given to something and it starts at a very, very young age. Some are given to art. Some are, you know, whatever these talents and hobbies, some are given to that. You have to make sure from, from, whatever age you are listening to this, that you would put forth a work ethic and get involved in the ministry that God has allowed you to partner with in your local church. Mm -hmm. Ministry is not outside of your local church. And so you feel a call to ministry. What are you doing in your local church? How are you serving in your local church? Don't, I'm not talking about speaking. I'm not talking about singing. How are you serving in your local church from the parking lot to the altar, to the restrooms? How do you serve? I'm picking up trash. I'm opening the door for people. I'm looking for elders that are coming in that need help parking. I'm looking for elders that need help getting out of their vehicle. Maybe they're dropping off their spouse to get out because it's a little challenge for them to walk so far. I am serving in every capacity. I'm getting there early because I want to pick up the trash. I want to make sure I'm going to check with pastor to make sure. Do they need any help with the landscape? I want to, I want to get involved. That's if you're feeling that call, Get involved, develop a work ethic. If you don't have it, develop it. Don't, don't settle for uh, my mom never taught me. My dad never taught me or nobody was ever there for me. And we're telling you right now on this podcast, <laughs> develop a work ethic. God does not use the lazy. God does not. He, he does not anoint lazy. He does not choose lazy. He does not look for lazy. He will use and all of us are imperfect. He will use the imperfect. He will use us if we are willing to put forth effort. If we're willing to get involved, don't, don't look at ministry as the, the preaching point or the teaching point or, or you know the attention. No. How can I serve my local church? That, if you feel that call, start answering that question. How can I serve my local church? Do they need me in children's ministry? Do they need parking lot attendants? Do they need ushers? Do they need somebody to help and learn sound and media? Do they need somebody on the social media team? What do they need? What does my church need? And then you approach it. This is something I tell some of our young men and young ladies. Approach it like you are the pastor. And what I mean by this is there is no pastor that is okay with walking by a piece of trash. Right. There's yeah. no pastor. No. <laughs> when they say a piece of trash, like, no, 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 no. We got to take care of this. I got to pick this up. I got, I got our young men and young ladies. They got to learn. They got to, why? 
that's the approach you need to have. If you were walking up and you were, and I know sometimes may, and maybe some are listening and they're really young, but you're a teenager um, and you say, what, what do you mean? I got to approach it. Like I'm the pastor. I'm not talking about in authority. I'm not talking about in that way, but right. what I'm saying, I don't, don't go around calling shots for people, but what, I, what I'm saying is approach it the way that he cares for the people, the way that he cares for the church, the way that he cares um, for others, take that approach. Hmm. You see trash, you, you see it, man, there's, there's so many kids and there's only one teacher. I wonder if maybe they need somebody to step in as a teacher's aide. Do they need help organizing? I noticed we have this area, but maybe they need some help with sign-ins and check-ins and maybe they need help with water. Maybe, you know what? Why don't I help clean the baptistry? You know, those types of things. That's what you do. You don't look for, you don't look for the, the end goal of, of preaching a conference, being the pastor. You, you don't, you don't look for that when you feel the call of ministry, when you feel the call of ministry, what you look for is you look for areas of weakness. You look for areas that maybe have been ignored hmm. and it's not always on purpose, but let's just say there's so many things going on. There's going to be certain areas. Maybe the landscaping has been ignored. Maybe maybe somebody forgot to clean the baptistry. That happens, believe mm-hmm. it or not. It does, yeah. Maybe maybe somebody got caught up and they were busy and they canceled on the in the last minute and now somebody has to throw a Hail Mary for a a Sunday school lesson and a children's service and they're just going to throw it out there and whatever happens happens. You see that. You be the one to catch it. You be the mm-hmm. one to help. And that's what you need to do. When you feel the call to ministry, you look for areas of weakness. You look for areas of need. You look, okay, where and how can I serve? Mm, That's such a great answer. Probably my favorite answer on the podcast to date, for sure. I'm about to get up and and do a shout dance. You know, you're speaking my language. (laughs) As as someone who's, you know, involved in the minutia of of church work, man, just having people that would be willing to put their hand up. You know, everyone's wanting to put their hand up to preach. Everybody's wanting to put yeah. their hand up to teach. But put your hand up and, and do uh, what God needs from from you right now to help the church, to help the kingdom of God advance. And ultimately, you will get to those other areas. But it's all about availability, man. You're 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 on my song well. sheet right now. I'm telling you. <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> oh man. Well, I I, I see you in uh, revival center. You guys, uh, I believe you guys are at the uh, cutting edge of of uh, ministry in the 21st century. Revival Center, and, and this isn't just to, to massage your ego. I really do believe that. I, I love what you guys are doing. Um, Revival fine. Center, it, it's one of the apostolic churches that you need to follow if you're on social media. If you're, if you're someone who's involved in your church's social media, you should be following this church and seeing what they're doing. Um, you guys have a podcast as well, the RC podcast, which I think uh, do you host that or a couple of you guys host it. So, yeah. So we're actually what it is is a team, but a team of us, uh, it'll, it'll be pastor on it. It'll be myself on it. We have Tim Warren, who is the one that is behind it all. He's the one making it happen. Tim Warren, who is in charge of the podcast. He's in charge of our social media, um, our graphics, our content. Um, he's in charge of that. And so he'll, I think he's probably hosted most of the podcast. If it's interview style, he's, he's been the one there and you've probably seen him mm-hmm. um, on there. And then it'll, it'll be my, it'll be pastor Johnson 
and then it'll be myself mm-hmm. um, on there. Uh, but Tim's the one that makes it all happen for the podcast. He's the one that makes it happen for our social media. And so I'm, I'll make sure that I <laughs> that tell he gets him that shout everything out, yeah. that you said. Everything that you said. That's, oh, that's it's so very, good. Very no, it's so good. And, and the reason I highlight that is because I remember a conversation I had with you when you were here back in 2019. And you guys yeah. were, were starting to step up what you guys were doing on social media, you're targeting that specifically. You, you were talking to me about that. And, uh, and we had, we were doing the same thing. We were trying to, you know, make sure that our presence was, was better there. Um, instead of telling people to stay off social media, we were like, well, they're there. So sure. let's, uh, let's see what we can, we do in this area. Also don't want to skip ahead of this. I do want to mention that you guys have an incredible studio, like a sick studio. Oh, <laughs> man. Thank you, bro. That I appreciate that. That was, um, it, what it was, it was our old sound room and uh, it had become a storage space <laughs> Yeah, as they do. So we're not going to preach the sermon on it, but if you don't use it and you don't utilize a certain area, what happens is it just starts collecting things and things that don't need to be there and things that don't belong just end up there. Right. And, uh, we, we had looked at it and said, you know what, this would be an awesome creative studio. And uh, so we got to work on it and uh, thankful for everyone that, that made it happen with guys in our church, uh, Tim Warren, John Harris, Norbert, uh, Mikey, all these guys came together and uh, put paint on the walls. We put carpet and uh, some gear and mixing and, and it, it, it's, it's come together. So I appreciate that. And we, we wanted there to be a space where we can record, uh, where we can do podcasts, where our live stream was for our, our services and also for our musicians to practice and sound checks and, and things like that. So I appreciate the compliment, bro. Yeah, That's no, very it's kind. so cool. I, I, uh, I watched the video when you guys, I think they posted a, a video of like a bit of a tour of the studio and I'm just looking at it with envy, you know, <laughs> oh, we, we don't have the, we don't have the space. I wish we did, but man, that that's super cool. What you guys are, are doing down there with what you've got. Thank you, bro. So that leads me uh, to ask this question. Why have you guys decided to go all in as far as producing content online? G- getting back to that conversation in 2019, you guys have yeah. started doing some video, a little bit of video here. You do it like highlights yeah. and stuff, but it's nothing to where you guys are at right now. Um, so Man, what made fine. what caused you to make that decision? And I, I think the answer is there. I think you said it here just a, just a moment ago. When you realize that's where the people are at. Mm. That's where the people are at, whether you want it to be the truth or not, that's where people are living. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we talked a little bit about and joked about, you know, growing up, it was all about visitation. And every Saturday morning, you're out there and you're putting door hangers and you're putting knocking on doors and you're going to apartment complexes up and down stairs and you're going and uh, majority of the people uh, weren't home or the majority <laughs> of the people <laughs> acted like they weren't home. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those. And so, I mean, and don't get me wrong, you'll make contacts that way. So you never yeah. stop. You never stop in-person uh, outreach. You never stop that. But what social media does now is you are literally not only in people's homes, you are in people's faces. Right. You have access to them in a way that you never had before. And now, this is what people do. They're going to Google your church. They're going to go, well, I wonder if they have an Instagram. I wonder if they have a Facebook. And so our thought 
and our mindset, our approach behind it is we have to do our absolute best to put ourselves before people so they have an opportunity to be introduced and invited to the church. It mm. serves as an invitation. Um, it grows from an invitation to encouragement, to edification. It grows into those things. But the goal is at first is, hey, this is an invitation to our church. This is an opportunity for you to get a, a, a small look into our church because none of us want to go somewhere where we don't know what it's like. Right. Like what's going on there? You know, and this gives people the opportunity. This is what we have going on here. This is what's happening. We, we you know, we're here. You can check us out. This is how we worship. We are very lively. This is the, the type of songs we sing. This is what we, you know, we worship God with. This is what our preaching sounds like. This is how we approach things. This is, we're not ashamed. We're not embarrassed. And this gives them an opportunity to really see that. And we're, we're growing and we're trying to get better at it. And one of the things is you have to be intentional about it. Mm -hmm. You have to be intentional about it because if you're not, it, it, this matters. And live streaming your services uh, putting it out there, digital content, it matters. Mm -hmm. You're now preaching to people more online than there are in your building. Right. That's just where we're at today. That's where we're at. You can have, and I know this because I, I see our, our uh, statistics and our numbers analytics is you can have a short sermon clip, a clip from just pastor sermon, a visiting speaker, whoever it is, and you can have that and it can get up, you know, 40, 50,000 views in in matter of days or weeks depending on how it goes and for just for just 30 seconds to 45 seconds you're encouraging somebody you're speaking a word and people are taking a hold of that then they go to your youtube and they start watching we have people greg we have people and this isn't just like one person two people we have people in our church today because they found us on instagram mm -hmm. because they found us on google Right. Because they found us, they found us on Facebook. Oh, I've been watching your services for four months. Oh, I've been watching for a year and a half. This is the first time I actually got to come in person. Those types of things are happening. We baptize people because mm -hmm. they saw a post on Instagram. You, you have to approach it. You have to be intentional. And this is where people are at. So what are we supposed to do? We're supposed to reach people. However we can, we try to reach people. And this is an opportunity for us to do that. We're not the best at it. We're growing at it. We're grateful for the growth and grateful for the things that have happened. And uh, as I mentioned, Tim Warren, the ones that leads this, he can tell you we're never satisfied. We're always, uh, you know what? I think I'm gonna try this. I wanna try that. Some things mm -hmm. work, some things may not work, but we're gonna take this as an avenue to share the gospel. And that's what we're making the attempt to do. Yeah, so true. I, I... When I've talked to people, I joke that um, our our top two soul winners at, at the POS is uh, Google and Facebook. They they win the most. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's the truth. They get the people it's in the, the doors, truth. you know. <laughs> no, it, and it's so true, bro. And people would be shocked. And I know you see it because you look at it. People would be shocked at the numbers, the analytics from Google, from people that search your church from people that visit your website, from people that call your church office because they searched and found you on Google. Mm -hmm. Yep, so true, it, man. It, it's, it's amazing. And we we have to take advantage of that. And yeah. that's what we, to answer your question, that was a long answer to answer your question of why we're all in for social media, why we're all in for, for making the attempt and trying this and trying that. 
It's because that's where people are and that's who we're trying to reach. Amen. What encouragement would you give churches who are looking at getting more involved in social media? Definitely start right now with what you have. Don't, don't look and compare yourself and say, man, this, this mega church has this, Mm -hmm. this other church has that. This don't, don't worry about that. You use what you have. And here's the deal. Majority of people, a lot of people, and if you don't, no problem, but a lot of people have an iPhone. You can make incredible content with just an iPhone, right? You can, you, you can make incredible content with just an iPhone. You you can put, you say, well, what, what do you mean? What exactly do you mean by content? Start sharing what's happening in your services. You can video yourself. You can video, Hey, uh, I'm just throwing some ideas out there. Share, share why I love midweek. Mm-hmm. Do a series. Hey, every Wednesday or every Tuesday, whenever your midweek is, uh, that morning, you're sharing a video from somebody in your church saying, hey, this is why I love midweek. This is why I joined midweek. This is why I watch midweek. This is Things like that. Those are things that you can do. Capture the moments. Get some young men, young ladies. Get some young adults. Get some young marrieds. Get any age. Anybody that wants to be involved in the photography, in, in uh, the videography, you take a hold of that. And you say, hey, we're going to learn together. We're going to find somebody that knows how to do it. Um, we're going to find somebody that can, and it, maybe we have to spend a little bit of money. Maybe we have to put a little time in it, but we're going to start rehearsing and we're going to start practicing our looks. We're going to start practicing our posts. We're going to, you know, we're going to start practicing our captions, mm-hmm. start working at it. Start with what you have, start with what you have. Don't make the mistake of saying, well, you know, I'm going to, let me save up. I'm going to get that $5,000 camera. <laughs> let me wait. I'm going to make sure I redo the lighting and I do this and make sure we're on point. I get excellence i get wanting it to be amazing i i get that i really do and we're we're always trying to grow and trying to get better but just start with where you are mm-hmm. because the goal is impacting people the goal is reaching people and you just sharing what you have of course again this is why you get a team you 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 ask people find people get a couple of people it doesn't have to be a huge team Find somebody that knows a little bit of something about photography, somebody maybe that can edit some photos. You know, you don't want to just be posting a picture of a trash can, you know, and, <laughs> and you know what I mean? And <laughs> instead of the preaching, you know, like, don't, don't just be, just be wise, be, right. be wise about it. And, and But use what you have mm-hmm. with where you are, find, use the resources that you have and just get started. And you're going to get better and better and better and better. We all know that people go online to binge. People will spend hours checking out a recipe, hours watching cat videos, hours watching fail videos. I'm guilty of the fail videos. (laughs) (laughs) And those are things that people will do. Why not give them content that they can binge on? Mm -hmm. Why not give them something that your church produces? Whether it's your sermons, you can make your sermons the podcast, you can make your sermons the content, you can make your, you know, your, your song list for that, that week, the content, just start with what you have and you just get better. And don't, don't be embarrassed. Find, go, go on Instagram, go on Facebook, go on Twitter, whatever, you know, you, you prefer go on it, find somebody that you like, like, okay, I like the way they're doing this and just start asking questions. Mm-hmm. Just start, majority of them will answer. Uh, if they don't find somebody else that you like and just start DM, Hey, what camera do you use? What, 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 what are you, what are you using here? What, what program do you use for that? Just ask questions. And then you start getting better and better, but 
it won't happen unless you start. So start with what you have right where you are and just be intentional about it. That would be the answer. So good. And what you said about DMing people, it, it's, it makes so much sense, right? Like we, we get a bit intimidated because we don't know them, but like their goal is to reach people for Jesus as well. And so if they right. know that they can help somebody in, in another part of the world or another, you know, another part of the city, that's going to help them reach people for, for Jesus. Why wouldn't you want to offer some advice? And, and it, you know, people who do this all the time, it doesn't take much effort to provide you with, with some ideas that you just threw out uh, like that. The other thing I wanted to mention, uh, which is what you touched on, is authenticity is so important. So important. Yes. Like uh, your church is what your church is. And so it, it's important that you, that you show your church for what it is. How many right. times have you been to a restaurant that you checked them out online, you checked them out on Instagram, the photos are about 15 times better? <laughs> than the actual food or the actual restaurant. <laughs> and you're actually irritated when you show up, you know? So so if you're if you're going hardcore and you're presenting your church in a light that it actually isn't, you, you know, you want to do your best. Obviously, you want to do the best that you possibly can. You're handling the gospel. But make sure that you're not, you know, overselling it. Sure. And, and you know what? I do want to say this too. If you want to have a social media presence and and you need help with that and you want people to, Okay, how, how do we do this? There's a lot of services out there that are available, resources that are available for your church that you can you can purchase, you can bundle with. Hey, I want you to help me with this. Um, can you help handle our graphics? That type of thing. Maybe you need to, maybe you need to float that for a, a month or two or three months so your team can get used to it and say, okay, this is what they do. Okay, we invested three months into that. Now we're ready to go on our own. Yep, yep, that's you know great. what I mean? And, and there's, there's phenomenal... Um, content creators that are out there that have subscription services that are inexpensive that you can be a part of. They have PSD files you could edit. Mm-hmm. There are things, things like that that you can make your church. And these are done by some of the best graphic yeah. designers in the world. And you can you can take a hold of that and edit it and make it your own for your church. Add a mm-hmm. picture, add your own captions, things like that. So there's a lot of resources. So if you want to start, just start. Go after it. Start looking up these things and start going after it. Yeah, I think uh, Church Motion Graphics. We use we use them uh, to yeah. some. We've we've got a designer that does a lot of our own stuff, so it's it's unique to the POS. But uh, sure. I I handle accounts for other departments uh, within the UPCA, and and Church Motion Graphics is is great for that. No, they are Sunday Social. Yeah, Sunday, Sunday Social is amazing. Good as well. Uh, yeah. Sunday Social TV. If you want to go to there, that's a phenomenal resource to have. They have. Um, season kits. They have opportunities for you to be able to download those things. Those, those are really help. There's a lot of, a lot of awesome, awesome content creators out there. Yeah. Once you start digging into it, you just, you keep finding more and more. Yeah. It's, it's great. Man. Yeah. And you, and you'll find the style that you want, you know, that, that fits your church. So good. I asked this to everyone who comes on the podcast. So I'd like to, yeah. to ask you, what is it that drives you when it comes to ministry, when it comes to your personal ministry? What is it that is the driving force for you? Man, it's definitely people, bro. Um, like I said, just growing up, watching my parents, from kids to parents to strangers to other saints in the church, my parents uh, were, it, it was, they, it just, they didn't have to say it, but they showed it and they lived it. It's all about people. It was not foreign to me to walk into my home after school and have somebody speaking in tongues, you know, because my parents did a Bible study, you know what I mean? Because they, 
they uh, they were, hey, Jonathan, we're going. I need your help. We're going to go drop off groceries to somebody's house. We're going to like that was that was what I was raised with. Mm. So it's always been people. It, so the motivation is how do how do I impact? How do I reach people? How do how can I make an impact with them? How can I help them? Uh, is, is it a um, a teen? Is it a single parent? Is it a, a grandparent? Is it an elder? Is it somebody feeling alone? Is it somebody that's sick? Is it somebody that um, has, has maybe had some struggles? Is it somebody that's brand new in the church? How can I make an impact? That's the motivation. And and when you see it, and you'll know this. Uh, because this is this is how you live but when you're helping people and you're doing your best to make an impact on people you realize there's never a lack of motivation mm-hmm. there's never a reason not to like when you wake up there's going to be enough, there's going to be plenty of people you can help plenty of people you can try and that doesn't mean you personally have what they need sometimes you're just directing them sometimes you're just connecting them hey okay you know this is what you need I'm not that guy. I don't have that ability. I can't, uh, you know, I can't, I'm not the electrician. I can't fix that for you, but I do know somebody that can, you know what I mean? And so sometimes you serve as that type of a person, but how can I impact? How can I, how can I make a difference in somebody's life? What, what motivates you? People, 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 because when, you know, when you look, when you look at the word of God and you look at God, how he's moving, Hey, let's go to the next town. We're going to make a difference here. Let's go over here. We're going to make a difference here. I'm going to heal the sick. There's nobody I can't touch. He's got leprosy. I'm going to heal him over here. This, this person is deaf and dumb, whatever the situation was healing and power and impact. And okay, God, how, how can I make an impact in somebody's life? How can I, how can I be a light? How can I be a strength to them? And so that's definitely definitely the motivation is, is, is people. So whether it's one person or it's 10 people, or, you know, it, it's a large conference, it's always, it's always people. And uh, I think growing up, you know, the way I got started in ministry uh, beyond just serving, you know, when I, I remember going at 16 years old, filling out a um, permission slip, had it signed by my parents and I would go and teach at the uh, local juvenile hall. So at 16, I was trying to teach peers and it was very, very clear. You, you have to be yourself. I couldn't walk in and act like I was a gangster. I couldn't walk in and act like I was a drug addict. I couldn't walk in and act like somebody I wasn't. I could only be myself. Mm -hmm. And in that setting, I started learning how to communicate, learning how to communicate with people. You know, I'd go to church early and, uh, and I'd go, we have a, you know, high homeless population, in our city. And uh, I would go and especially back then around our church, Salvation Army was right across the street. And so we used to have several. So I would go and buy them tacos from the taco truck, which was a block over. And I didn't realize it till looking back. But those conversations that I had with those people that some were completely out of their mind as a teenager, here I am, buying them tacos and having conversations, I didn't realize in the moment, but it was helping me develop an ability to communicate mm. to people of all different stages of life, all kinds of different mindsets, all different kinds of attitudes. But what it did, whether it was juvenile hall, jail ministry, whether it was homeless, whether it was at the church, whether it was youth functions, it really helped me to be able to communicate to different people. So 
I feel comfortable in any setting. If I'm one-on-one and I'm teaching a Bible study, I love that. I love that. If I'm speaking to a room full of youth, I love that. I'm comfortable. I'm able to communicate. If it's somebody in just a phone call, I'm comfortable with that because I, I spent time and there was some development and growth in that to where I feel, okay, uh, I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to be the best communicator, but I feel comfortable communicating in any scenario because of the things that kind of I developed with at a young age. Yeah, and that passion for people breathes through your ministry, at least the the ministry that I've been able uh, to sit under with you and, and just in conversation with you when, when you came over to Sydney, you just, you felt, you and your wife felt right at home, it, it seemed like, as soon as you guys came across. I appreciate and, that. That's and, so uh, kind of you guys. In, in, your, in your ministry, like you were here for a youth weekend, but you were ministering to all different types of people, all different ages. And that kind of leads me to my next question as, as we're starting to wrap this up a bit, but this is for the preachers who are listening to the podcast. Well, Us preachers, we always love to hear how other people are doing stuff and, and, and getting tips and, and pointers about that. And this is especially for those who are leading the next generation, so uh, more sure. so kind of like your uh, youth-type preachers. How do you stay relevant? And and I don't mean that as in like, you know, the 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 bad sounding relevant. You know, the the our it. generation, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, relevant preachers, those are not necessarily but but relevant as in like reality, right? Ministering to sure. people where they're at. Especially. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I it's a great question. I definitely think the biggest thing is your involvement in their life. Mm-hmm. Um and and we cannot expect to only speak into their lives if we're not willing to involve ourselves in their life. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can't just have this, hey, I want to give you a word. I got a word for your life. Okay, that's great if you're just going to bring that on a Sunday. But what are you doing? And talking about in, in the local church, right. but what are you doing to connect outside of that Sunday? What kind of conversations do you have? Do you text them? Do you call them? Uh, do you take time to encourage them? Do you take time to see, okay, wh- what their job status is or what their health status is or what's going on with their family? Do you involve yourself in their life? You want to stay relevant? You can't be relevant if you're not involved. Hmm. If you don't know what they're going through, if you don't know what's going on in their life, then you're going to be so off because you're just going to be focused on what you want to say, what hmm. you want to do. And here's... and. Now, God leads you. God directs you. He's going to speak to you as the leader of your church, as the leader of your ministry. God God is going to speak to you about certain things that need to be said and how they need to be done. But if you're not spending any time with the people you're leading, if you're not spending any time working with those around you, with those that are in ministry, because we know ministries work, if you're not working with them, you're not you're never going to be relevant because you don't know what they're dealing with. Mm -hmm. You don't know what they're what's going on in their life. And so it can't be this attempt from a distance do you show up on work nights with them do you help do are are you there are you texting them when's the last time you talked to them those types of things matter because you can't be relevant in their life if you don't know what's going on in their life and there's nothing more awkward than somebody walking in trying to be relevant when they never put the time to know that young man, to know that young lady, to try to get to know that family or that family dynamic. Those are things that are so, so important. We and and here's the thing, and the reason, you know, why maybe not everybody does is because it costs us, bro. Mm-hmm. It costs time, it costs energy, it costs effort, it costs money. 
you're taking somebody out to dinner, you're taking somebody out to lunch, you're taking somebody to breakfast, you're, you're door dashing them something, you're sending them something, hey, just wanted you to know I'm thinking about you, here's, you know, some Thrifty's ice cream, you know, or here, here whatever it is, Chipotle, whatever it is, those types of things are, are, are how you're able to stay involved in people's life, you can't be relevant to them if they don't trust you, right, how do they trust you? by you spending time with them, by you connecting with them. And I'm not saying, I want to make sure I'm clear. I, I am not saying you're, you're going to be best friends with everybody you lead. I am not saying that you have to spend every day of your week, every waking hour in a conversation. That's not what I'm saying. But to answer the question, how do you stay relevant? You have to be involved. You have to be involved. You can't only show up on a Sunday. You can't only be there, you know, when it's a special conference, a special moment, special event. No, you got to be there for, you know, the everyday type of situations, the struggles, the ups and the downs. Hey, I'm there. I care. And, and being active and relevant in what is happening in their life and what's going on in, in the world today. We can't have, you know, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's, I don't have a phone. I don't look at my phone. I don't text message. I don't, well, don't get upset then. Don't get upset when nobody feels connected to you and you, you don't feel connected to anybody else. Right. If you can't text back, if you can't call, if you're unapproachable, if people if people view you as somebody that's constantly just trying to avoid them, you're not relevant. Hmm. You know what I mean? And, and so it, you, you have to be involved in people's lives. You have to be involved. And of course, God's going to lead you because you're not going to be in that ministry if you don't have a passion and a burden for people and, and, the, and the work of God. Um, so God will help you and, and, and guide you. But you have to be intentional about the effort that you give um, to be relevant. You have to be, you have to be. Hmm. And uh, just to follow up on that one, what advice would you give young preachers? So not necessarily people ministering to the next generation, but maybe someone who's developing um, their their preaching, developing their quote unquote style, or, you know, uh-huh. um, yeah, they're, they're still young in, in their preaching ministry. What advice would you give them? It could be anything, could be study habits, could be what, whatever you like. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer that, just on the, on the, the preaching side of it is you have to be comfortable. You have, you have to be comfortable in silence. And uh, what I'm, what I mean by that is um, you're going to have moments where like, God gave me a word. Let me share this with you. You're going to have moments like that. You're going to have moments where it's like, God just told you da 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 da. And you're like, Oh man, this is amazing. You can write down the notes and it, it's flowing, but let's be real. The majority of the time, it, it's it's going to come from you digging. Mm-hmm. It's going to come from silent digging, silent effort, hard work, and just consistency. And what I mean by hard work is is that consistency, um, that discipline of hey, I'm getting in the word, being consistent in the word of God when you're not feeling anything, when you're not hearing anything, even sometimes when you're not even understanding it in the moment, you're just being consistent. That's hard work. Mm. that's hard work. It's hard work to be consistent. It's hard work to be diligent in things that others don't want to be diligent in because the Bible is reading us. The word of God is searching us. So when you're digging in the word of God, you're revealing more about yourself that needs to change. Mm. That's, that's the truth. And the more you dig, you're like, man, this is uncomfortable. This is work. This is goodness. But that's where things are developed. And when you can, when you can work in silence and you can, you can be given to the word of God and you can spend time and consistent effort, 
into the word of God and you develop it at a young age, that or or whatever age you are listening, but specifically mm-hmm. to answer to younger preachers, get into the word of God, learn those things to be disciplined now. How 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 can you how can you stay disciplined and consistent in chaos? you're going to have to start now because as you get older to those that don't have a family yet, once you get married, once you have children, those types of things, if you're not disciplined, if you're not diligent, I'm going to tell you, you won't have time. You won't have time. Let's, let's make it clear. You have to make time. That means you're either getting up early. That means, that means you're getting up early or you're staying up late or you're fortunate to have a, a, a place of employment where you can read and study and nobody minds, right. yeah. you know what I mean? So, because it, it can't be like, oh, no, no, babe, this is my study time. Excuse me. No, I'm sorry, seven-month-old child. You sit there and be quiet. I need to read the word of God. <laughs> that ain't happening, bro. No, That way. ain't happening. So there's some things you have to develop now. How do you get in the word of God? How is it when you pray? Is it a set time in the morning, a set time in the evening? Is it all throughout the day? How are you doing that? You you set those disciplines now. So if you're a young man and you're listening, a young lady, you're listening, set those things right now. You, you got to start developing those things right now. When, when the seasons of your life change and the responsibilities of your life change, you'll change timing, you'll change rhythms, you'll change balances. There's no perfect balance, but you, you'll, you'll change those things as necessary, but you'll still make sure that they're implemented in your life. And that's, that's super, super important. And don't, don't be afraid of the silence when you don't feel God, when you don't hear God, don't abandon it. Don't say, Oh, then I'm not called. Then I guess God can't, then I God's not interested in me. No, don't let that, don't let that be something you entertain. You'd be okay working in the silence. You'd be okay developing things in the dark. Uh, you, you'd be okay with that. And, and, and God will help you and he'll show you things. You don't even realize, you know, we want, Sometimes we want like, um, you know, special catchphrases or, man, I've never heard it preached like this before. And like, that sounds awesome. And that sounds great. But just make sure that what you're preparing has substance, that what you're preparing can sustain somebody, that it's the word of God. Don't get so caught up in, oh, I got this idea. I want to preach this idea. Um, make sure it's in the Bible. You know what I mean? <laughs> make sure <laughs> I saw this on this t-shirt and I heard this on this. No, just make sure it's on the Bible, preach the text, get into the word of God. And that's, what's going to strengthen people. That's, what's going to help people, but get, get comfortable in those difficult times of study and difficult, difficult times of preparation. And everybody's got a different personality. Everybody's made up differently. So be mindful of how you how you study well be mindful of when and how don't if you know you're a terrible morning person don't set your study time for the morning like be honest about yourself don't do something just because your favorite preacher does it that way be honest about who you are and and you'll learn those things as 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 you continue to grow and develop i love that be comfortable in the silence in your study time you know maybe you you may not have a distinct word from god but maybe god gives you a bit of a thought and 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 he wants you to dig that out. Yeah, that's so good. Be comfortable in the silence, in the work, in the effort, in the dedication. And, and yeah, make sure that, that you're putting in the work. Amen. Well, my final question uh, before we, we wrap this up is, uh, what excites you about the global church in 2021? I like asking this question because there's so many things that, that we can get down about, right? About what's been going on the last couple of years yeah. and 
and churches being shut down and, and all these things going on. And, and, and everyone seems to be saying the world is going to hell in a handbasket. Uh, I like to bring a bit of positivity, you know. And so yeah. what excites you about the global church in, in 2021? Such a great question, man. And, and as we talked about social media a little bit earlier, that's something that kind of immediately came up in my mind is because one of my favorite things to do, especially on Sunday, because everyone's, you know, posting on Sunday is, bro, you can read and see how many people are getting the baptism of the Holy Ghost, how many people are being baptized in Jesus name all around the world. Like I know, you know, hey, we're a Book of Acts church. We, you know, we're doing it the, the way the apostles did. That's that's our goal. That's what we're always doing. And man, they had three thousand saved and thousands saved daily. Bro, we're there. Oh yeah, thousands of people every day receiving the Holy Ghost and being baptized. And you're seeing this now. And here, here's the flip side. As you're saying, some people are always negative, and the news and mainstream media is only sharing uh, the fear and the calamity and the disaster. That's mainstream media. If you want to watch that, you know what you're going to get. Exactly. Get, get onto the church's media and look at what God is doing. Mm. It's so exciting. People, people, whether it's in a river or it's a brand new baptistry or it's an old baptistry, whatever it is, people are getting baptized. People are being healed. People are being delivered. People are being set free. This is happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. Australia, mm-hmm. America, Canada, North everywhere you go you're seeing this bro it is happening talking about and and, and i say this with respect a lot of people say hey end time revival is coming end time revival is coming we could say this bro with with a fact end time revival is here it's happening people are being changed will it continue yes i believe that and so you're saying what what are you excited about the future of the church i'm excited to see everyone that gets saved i'm excited to see everyone that gets changed and transformed I'm excited to see everyone that continues to be transformed by the power of God in these countries that are having issues. And and the whole world is having problems and issues and things like that. But God is still moving. Mm -hmm. God is still having a huge impact everywhere you go, everywhere you go in underground churches, in churches that are on lockdowns, in churches that are wide open. God is moving. So I, I know as crazy as it would seem from somebody on the outside people that uh, maybe aren't believers, people that don't spend time to follow up on, on what God is doing. You're like, man, the world is coming to an end. This is so sad. This is all, we don't live for this world. Mm, that's right. We live for heaven. We live for God. So we're, we're not looking for an antichrist. We're not looking for a mark of the beast. We're looking for the rapture. We're looking for heaven to be our home. We're looking for God to return. That's what we're looking for. So that that's why it's, it's exciting because we know we're getting closer and closer and closer and closer than we've ever been. So the church is positioned better than it's ever been because we are all being reminded it's not about here. It's mm-hmm. not about here. And what God is doing will last for eternity Earth is going to pass away. There's always going to be trouble, but God has overcome the world. And that's where our peace is at. That's where our hope is at. That's where our strength is at. That's why whether in lockdown, like you are all, like you guys are in, in Australia or out here in America or Canada, that's how we have a peace. That's how we continue to move forward because our hope isn't in any of anyone's government. Our hope isn't in anyone's vote. Why are we excited about the church in the future? Because the church has more momentum than it's ever had. 
and we're going beyond what we see right now. We're excited. Amen. And if you're going to invest any mental energy, if you're going to invest any time or effort, invest in something eternal. You know, if you actually yes. do believe these things that the that the world is coming to an end and and everything is spiraling out of control, well, why don't you take that mental energy instead of worrying about it and being upset about Let's it, go. but focus it on something that's eternal where you can make a difference in someone's life for for uh, forever. Hundred percent, a hundred percent, bro. I agree with that. Well, well, bro, I love I've loved this conversation. I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you and getting some of your insight, uh, as well as getting to know you a bit more. And uh, I like to end all of my conversations giving uh, the guests the opportunity to share a word with the listeners. So, bro, if you could just share a word with the listeners, anything that God has laid on your heart, and you can take us out. I, I appreciate it, man, Greg. I've enjoyed it so much. And what, what came to mind is probably because we, we've kind of touched on it a few times is um, my mind goes to Elisha. Uh, he's there. He's in the fields um, that his family owns with the yoke of oxen, 12 yoke of oxen. And uh, Elijah has just had this like terrible experience and moment. He's down and he's depressed. He's discouraged, but God met him. God met him right where he was at. And I want to say this to somebody, God meets you right where you are. And he meets Elijah there and uh, it's a still small voice. And he speaks to him and tells him after this experience, you're going to go and anoint Elisha. Elisha was in the field working. That's what he was doing. We know that. We read that in Kings together. And he never once went looking for Elijah. He never once went looking for something special. He was simply working in the field. And it's God that found him. The Bible says that Elijah finds Elisha. God finds us where we are. If you and I and others would put forth the effort, if we would be diligent, if we would work, God will always find us. We are often consumed with what is the will of God? How can I find the will of God? God will find you. If you will give yourself to work, if you would give yourself to service, if you would give yourself to prayer, if you would give yourself to the word, if you would give yourself to effort, if you will do those things, God finds you. Elisha was not looking for it, but God already had him. He's telling Elijah before Elisha has ever prayed it, before Elisha has ever known it, he's saying, Here, there's somebody that you're going to go anoint. And Elijah finds him working in the fields. He doesn't do anything. This is what the Bible says, that Elijah comes and just brushes them across with a mantle. He feels it. He recognizes the call of God. He answers that. He prepares a meal kind of out of respect and appreciation to his family. Hey, this is what I'm doing. This is where I'm going. And he goes and the Bible, Bible says that he's just serving. He's serving. That's all that he's doing. You don't hear about him until Elijah is translated. He's just there serving what we're doing, God will find you. God will find you. If you would work, if you would give your effort, God will find you. God will anoint you. And it's not always going to be pretty. Sometimes you're just wiping dust. Sometimes you're just cleaning. Sometimes you're just a homeschool prophet. That's all you are. 
this is a homeschooled prophet and you got other people that look like they're doing better and you got others and you got other other prophets and other ministers and other people and they seem like they're doing great and they're learning and they're they're, they're successful and they're great in all these areas you be obedient to what God has called you to do. You serve, you work hard. That's not fancy. That's not going to get a lot of hand claps. That's not going to get a lot of uh, uh, retweets, but you just be somebody that works hard. You be somebody that gives your time and your energy to the things of God. God finds you, God anoints you, and God will use you to make a difference in the lives of others. And so often we feel like we're searching this and searching that when really what we're doing is wasting time looking when God is saying, you get busy because my eyes have always been on you. So whenever you get up from where you've been, whenever you just settle the fact that you just be yourself, I'll anoint you, I'll take a hold of you, I will utilize and partner with you, but I want to make sure that you're somebody that I can trust. I want to make sure that you're somebody that's willing to work. He wasn't promised. He was out there with 12 yoke of oxen. God didn't say, hey, if you answer the call, I'm going to give you 24 yoke of oxen. He didn't say that. No, you know what you're getting? You're going to follow dusty, moody Elijah, and you're going to be serving him. That's your reward right now. But hey, that's where the call of God took him. It found him and it helped him develop and it helped him grow. He was growing in that silence. He was comfortable in that silence, serving. Nobody knows my name. Nobody knows what's going on, but I'm just serving the man of God, just doing what God called me to do. This is where I'm at. I don't know where it's going to lead. I don't know what's going to happen, but what takes place? Elijah smites the waters of Jordan. They walk over the Jordan River. He's translated the mantle falls. The last miracle that Elijah does now becomes the first miracle that Elisha does. He comes, smites the water, the river of Jordan moves, and he walks across. How is it that the very last thing that Elijah did, Elisha is able to do at the very beginning? How is that possible? Because God finds you. And when you're in the silence and you're growing and you're developing, God is going to anoint you. God's going to use you for what he designed you to do. So don't be ashamed. Don't be embarrassed. Maybe you're serving uh, where nobody knows your name and nobody cares and, and nobody listens and nobody even knows what you're doing, but you're just in the silence. You're being obedient to God. Don't neglect that. Don't quit that. Be obedient to what God has called you to do. God finds you right where you are. He will utilize you. You will make a difference if you would just stay committed to what God has called you to do. And I pray that that's encouraging to those that are listening. I pray that that's a strength to those that are listening. It's been an absolute honor to be here and just to share what God is doing and what God has done. There's so much great stuff in that conversation, especially for those of us who are involved in the everyday tasks that are necessary to see our churches impact our communities for Jesus. I hope you were encouraged and inspired to do what you can for the kingdom of God. If this blessed you, please share it with a friend and encourage them to follow the podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and a number of other platforms. Just search the Hacker Podcast and you should find us. We are continuing to release content every week and sometimes twice a week. The best way to keep in touch with us is to subscribe or follow the podcast so it goes directly into your podcast feed. If you have time to rate and review the show where you listen to it, I would greatly appreciate that. Thank you again for your time today, and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Hacker Podcast.